go back to Psalm 22, and we are ready for verse 27. Tonight, the Lord willing, we will look at those last five verses. Really, in some ways, there I would call it the icing on the cake. The Lord has suffered all of the agony. But he didn't suffer without knowing in advance victory was coming. And we'll get to read a little bit about that. Let's see. 27 through 31. Stand, I'll read the text here in our midst. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's. He is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship and all they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. None can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born that that he hath done this. <laughs> oh, we got that one down. He hath done this. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you for standing as I read the word of God. It's a Bible prophecy, but in a way, a prophecy is a promise if God gives it. And uh, what victory is being described in this paragraph of Scripture? Look at verse 27. All the ends of the world shall remember, turn to the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before, notice it doesn't say him, Worship before thee. It's addressed directly to our Savior. I, I don't think the impact of that verse hits me like it should. Look at it again, verse 27. I misread it on purpose. Half the world shall turn unto the Lord. But that's not what it says. The majority of the world shall turn to the Lord. But that's not what it says. Am I reading it right? All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. <laughs> and, and, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. Can I ask you a question? Do you reckon the Lord knew on Calvary that if he died, if he could shed his blood, that there would be a great harvest to be reaped? We're part of that harvest. Day of Pentecost, oh, and thank God for every soul that's been saved. But all the ends of the earth, let me see if you believe it, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Anybody believe he's coming again? Amen. Coming again, can preach it here without any resistance. Coming again in the rapture. Catching up the church into his presence. And that begins a time on earth 
We call it the tribulation. Jeremiah called it the time of Jacob's trouble. A, a time like the world has never seen before. But you know what? And it grips me tonight. Even during the tribulation, there are going to be people getting saved. I don't know that I understand it clearly, but I know that in Revelation 6, one of the seven seals, God looks up under and under the altar. There's this throng of people who have been slain during the tribulation. They have been slain for their faith, martyred, because they got saved during that terrible time. And you know what God's going to do? Among those who've been saved, God's going to set aside. He's going to seal, I referred to them last night, 144,000 young Jewish men are going to go out across this world and they're going to be preaching, I need a little help, the Word of God. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sealed. The Antichrist can't touch him. Sealed, empowered by an almighty God. Sealed with that vision and that burning zeal to tell And souls are going to be saved during the tribulation. In fact, there's a second scene at the end of Revelation 7. Another throng, another group who have been saved and then slaughtered, saved and then killed, but nonetheless, they believed on Jesus Christ. Will anybody agree? That couldn't happen apart from Calvary. I'd be on my way to hell apart from Calvary. But I don't think that's what our verse has in mind. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before Him. I said the rapture. You all said a very healthy amen. Could I make another announcement? Jesus is coming in the rapture, in the air. We're caught up to me. He is coming all the way to this earth one of these days. Two men, the day of Jesus' ascension, white apparel, you men of Galilee. Why stand ye gazing into the heavens? I need a name. This same Jesus who is taken up from you, shall so come again in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. He left from the Mount of Olives. He's coming back to the Mount of Olives. Uh, he left visibly. He's coming back visibly. He left and was received into a cloud. I believe that's the Shekinah glory cloud. He's coming back out of a cloud. Glory to God. He's coming again. There'll be an earthquake when he gets here. And uh, uh, the Antichrist, uh, uh, we're, we're talking about the Antichrist is going to be defeated. He's going to be destroyed. The devil's going to be chained up. Jesus is going to set up his kingdom in the city of Jerusalem. Y'all help me. And he's going to reign on this earth a thousand glorious years. That's when. That's Oh my, at the judgment of the nations at the beginning of the millennium, that's when the wicked, the wicked are going to be dealt with. The wicked are going to be cast into eternal torment. Oh my, those saved that have survived the tribulation, they're going to go into the millennium and Jesus is going to begin to rule and to reign and what's left of the nations of the earth, all the wicked are destroyed. What's left of the nation that loved Israel? cared for Israel. They're going to flow up to Jerusalem. Every tribe, every nation, north, south, east, and west, they're going to bow down before him. They're going to love. Jesus knew that was going to happen while he was dying on the cross, ladies. There's reference to it in our verse. What I really want to say about verse 27, I want to point out three key verbs. Watch them. If you, I think I'll word it this way. Here's how to get saved. You mean there is a plan of salvation embedded in our verse? Yep, look at it, verse 27. 
All the ends of the earth shall, number one, remember. And then number two, turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall, number three, worship, worship before thee. Preacher, that's it. That's a plan of salvation. No sinner will ever get saved till the Holy Ghost can get a hold of his mind. Holy Ghost can get a hold of his thoughts. And uh, he's going to have to, I need an amen, he's going to have to remember some things. Prodigal left his daddy, insulted his daddy. You ask for your portion of the inheritance. You're saying, old man, I wish you'd have gone ahead and died. I, I, I wish you was dead. Now, go ahead and give me my... He shamed his daddy. Goes to a far country. Lost everything he's got. Well, there he is about ready to slop the hogs. And the, and, and the beautiful verse, and he came to himself. Anybody here glad one day you came to yourself? Anybody glad one day you remembered? You remembered. And uh, got to remember. And the nations of the world are going to remember. But remembering's not enough. They shall turn. They shall turn. The, the Hebrew there is S-H-U-B, shub. It, 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 in our everyday language, it means to do a 180. It means an absolute about fact. They shall turn. I'll tell you what it's talking about. Somebody wants to say. It's talking about old-timey Holy Ghost repentance right there. No longer following that wicked crowd turning toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody remember when he got a hold of you and you turned? Amen. Then what do you do? You worship. And this, the Old Testament word for worship is really to fall down prostrate. Fall down on your knees before the King of Kings and the Lord of God. Biggest problem in America today, nobody's willing to bend. Nobody's willing to break. Nobody's willing to humble themselves. But I'll tell you what, there's coming a day when they will be ready. Will be willing to do so. Remember, turn and worship. This is a little bit of a deviation. The Hebrew word for worship, sakath, I just said, means to bow down. Let me give you the Greek word for worship. Old Testament, New Testament, same idea. Listen to this. Proskuneo. That's the way they say it in the classroom. Proskuneo. P-R-O-S-K-U-N-E-O. It's the standard word for worship in the New Testament. All right, Brother Bagel, what does proskuneo mean? We already know that. It means worship. But I want to show you how it comes to mean worship. Pros, the P-R-O-S, it's a prefix. Here it's a, well, it's always a preposition. Here it's a prefix, and it means to or toward. I'm holding up my hand. To or toward. Whenever I worship, it's to or toward something or somebody. That's pros. Kuneo. Kuneo. You're not going to believe it. Kuneo is the standard Greek verb to kiss. K-I-S-S, kiss. Pros, kuneo. Now, Brother Bagel, that's not registered. My, what is worship in the New Testament? I'll tell you what it is. You get it? I bow down before him. I love and adore him. I say, Jesus, I love you. You mean more than anything. And, uh, and I spiritually plant a kiss on my dear Savior. Now, let me show you one more thing. We'll get right back to our verse. Kuneo, to kiss. The Greek word for doggy, dog, is kune. K-U-N-E is dog. K-U-N-E-O is to kiss. <laughs> Brother Bagel, that can't be. You surely made it. I haven't. Doggy. Kune. I guarantee you there's somebody in this building tonight. You've got a little doggy. 
at home. A little, I'll go ahead and call it a little pet doggy. And when you leave this service, you get in your car and you drive to your house, especially if he's a little house pet. Could I tell you something? That little doggy is going to know you're coming in the door before you get there. And let me tell you something else about that little coon, that little doggy. He's going to be excited. She's going to be excited when you come in that door. Preacher, that little old tail's going to be wagging. And the little old paws are going to be. And if you're not careful, that kune is going to kuneo you. That kune is going to climb up your lap, going to grab a, and, uh, and you can preach it away. He'll lick you. He'll love you. He'll kiss all over you. Isn't that an amazing word for worship? All right, Brother Bagel, so what are you saying? I'm not so sure, but the Lord wouldn't like it if I just charge him one day. My tail wagging, my eyes wide open, barking from one side of my body to the other. Flat climb up him and kiss him and love him and adore him. Hey, we've been worshiping tonight. It's delightful worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Worship. Not just us. All the ends of the earth someday are going to worship the king. Somebody's making fun of us the other day. We're Baptists. Well, that's one down on you right there. We're independent Baptists. That's about three or four more strikes against you right there. Somebody said, how does it feel to be out of the mainstream of American religious life? Can I make an announcement? I don't consider myself out of the mainstream. I consider myself waiting right up the river of life tonight. Glory to God. On my way to heaven, washed in the blood of the Lamb. But I got news for them. I got news for the Democrats. I got news for the Republicans. I got news for the university professors. I've got news for the politicians. Honey, one of these days, we ain't going to be on the fringe. We're not going to be on the margins. Every knee's going to bow. Hey, we're going to look mighty good one of these days. Hallelujah. We had it right. Hallelujah. You think Jesus had that in mind on the cross? He's still suffering. Pain is still there. Sin debt's been paid, though. And he knows where this thing is headed. Glory to God. This is a night I can't get my verses going. I want you to just flip over to Psalm 67 a moment. Psalm 67. And I probably should not do much more than read it. It's, it's a prayer. And yet it's a claiming of some promises of God. Psalm 67. God, be merciful unto us. Can I ask you a question? Has God been merciful to anybody here? God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Us, those that know him, those that love him, those that are sold out to him. If we'd act like he's a merciful God, if we'd act like he's blessed us, if we'd act like his face is shining upon, look what might happen in verse two. That thy way may be known upon earth. You know why more people don't get saved? A lot of it's the way we live. A lot of it's the way we act. A lot of it's our grumbling, our gossiping. Somebody say amen. Uh, the church is responsible for an awful lot of the hypocrisy in the land today. Oh, that thy way may be, if we'd get right, if we'd acknowledge his mercy, if we'd seek his blessings, if we'd enjoy his... Oh, that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among... How many nations? Help me out. Among all nations. Now watch this. Let the people praise thee, O God. I'm in favor of that. 
Let the people praise thee, O God. Get that next word. Let how many? Let all the people praise thee. Oh, this is a millennial song. Let all the people praise thee, O Lord. Oh, let the nations be glad. Let nations, not churches, nations be glad and sing for joy. For God, you're going to judge the people righteous, preacher. There's coming a day there won't be any more abortion. There's coming a day there won't be any more sexual perversion. There's coming a day there won't be any more criminals going for it. God's going to be the judge. That's during the millennium. All the nations are going to bow down and he'll govern the nations upon earth. Then verse 5. The people praise thee. Oh God, let all the people praise thee. Then, then, it's millennial, then, shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our God shall bless us. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth, get that extent, all the ends of the earth shall fear. I've got to get back to Psalm 22. But this Psalm just said, if we'd bless Him, if we'd praise Him, if we'd glorify Him, if the praises go up, the blessings will come down. That's what's happening. If the praises go up, the blessings will come down. What blessings? Then let the earth yield her increase. Let the earth, oh my, what's lacking? If we'll send the praises up, oh preacher, keep sending the praises up at Crosswood Baptist Church, I'll promise you the blessings will come down. You magnify him, he'll turn in turn bless this church fellowship. Hallelujah. Got to get back to Psalm 22. I just felt like I ought to share that. Verse 28. Verse 28. For the kingdom someday might be the Lord's. No, don't let me get by with that. Not someday. Not might be. Not hope so. Right now. The kingdom is the Lord's. You're telling me Jesus is on the cross. And he's saying, right, the kingdom is the Lord's. He's about ready to lay down his life. About ready. The kingdom, that's going through his mind. The kingdom is the Lord's. You know, they mocked him that day as king. They, they blindfolded him. They slapped him. Uh, who hit you? Uh, you're supposed to be. Uh, and, uh, and they put that mock crown of thorns on, on his head. And, uh, and then to top it off. You heard what Pilate did, didn't you? He took that, call it a titular. He took that wooden sign, going to nail it up. They always nail the charges up above the head of the man they're killing. They, they'll, they'll label it murderer, treason. And, and, uh, but notice they didn't put thief up above Jesus' name. Because he never stole anything. Notice they couldn't put liar because he never told a lie. Notice they couldn't put murderer. He never hurt a soul. Best he could come up with. King of the... And the Jews didn't like them. I'll take that down. What I've written, I've written. King of the Jews. Now watch this. The kingdom is the Lord's. Here he's dying with the crown on his head. And the sign up above him, and he's talking to his father. And that old thief, one of them, he looks at that. He says, Father, that sign says he's a king. The king of the Jews. Well, I declare, he is wearing the crown. And Pilate thought he was making fun of Jesus, king of the Jews. What he was really doing, please smile, he's putting a gospel track above our Lord's head. Talk about religious use of government funds. That's it right there. Put that, and that old thief saw it, king of the Jews. That old thief saw it, and he said, Lord, remember his prayer, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I believe on you. I believe you're who you say you are. Remember me when you come into I'm glad the kingdom is the Lord's tonight. 
not going to be it already. I believe he's already wearing some crowns. What do y'all believe? Revelation 19, I know he is riding that one. And many crowns, diadems. Stephanos is a crown you earn because you fought a fight. And he would have earned that, but he's wearing a diadem. That's a crown you earn not because you fought a fight. I need some amen. That's a crown you wear because of who you are. That's a crown you wear. Says you're the king's son. You're the son of an almighty. The kingdom is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Then something, if I recall, something about him being the governor. Is that the verse? Verse number, oh yeah, 28. And he is the governor among the nations. He is the governor among the nations. Oh, preacher, he's my savior. I'll amen that. Why, why, preacher, he's my redeemer. I'll amen that one too. But he's just not only my savior. He's not a, he's gonna rule this world. He's gonna be the governor one of these days. Hmm. Isaiah 9, 6, and the government shall be on his shoulder Everybody remembers that. And preacher, this is probably elementary for y'all, but it blesses the daylights out of me. Talking about Jesus. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and all the other wonderful counselor. And the government shall be on it. This is the government of the whole world. All the nations. All the nations are worshiping. He sees it in advance on Calvary. He can run all the government of the world on one shoulder. But in Luke 15, there's a parable, actually a triple-headed parable. And, and one deals with the shepherd who had a hundred sheep. Oh, help me. One got lost. Didn't he leave the 99 in the wilderness and he goes after the one? By the way, he didn't quit till he found it, neither. Aren't you glad he didn't quit on you? Hallelujah. And I got a feeling, preacher, some of them shepherds, they'd get that little old lost thing, they'd knock it upside the head three or four times, shake the daylights out of it. Well, you stupid, you realize you've cost me time. No, no. I got a feeling he gingerly, tenderly, lovingly picked up that little lost lamb. Luke is very specific and laid it on his shoulders and went home, went to the barn, went to the other members of the flock. Here's all I'm trying to say. When it comes to running the government of the world, he can do it on one shoulder. When it comes to getting you home, a little lost lamb home, it's not shoulder, it's not singular, it's plural. It's plural. <laughs> I'm on my way to heaven tonight riding on the shoulders of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Preacher, I've never traveled internet. I've never traveled first class and anything in the world, but I'm going to heaven. First class. Glory to God. Oh, what a ride. Oh, what a trip. Glory to God. He's the governor. He's the governor of the nation. And that word governor. Mashal, it's spelled M-A-S-H-A-L. And what does it mean? It means governor. Get this. That is the Hebrew word for a proverb. The book of Proverbs, the book of Mashal. And what does it mean? To guide, govern, boss, instruct, almost demand. He's got the right not only to guide me, He's got the right to demand how I live. He's got, he's the governor among the nations. I'm, I said it earlier this week, I think. I'm right proud of my Savior tonight. Aren't y'all? Oh, yes. Amen. We'll get our middle verse rather quickly, I guess. Verse number 29. It says something about they that be that and there are times in the Bible somebody who is fat 
the insinuation is that they're well off, rich, affluent. Y'all follow me? Fat, uh, y'all aren't getting it. Fat cats. You ever heard the term? They that be fat. And then also in the verse, it says, and they that go down to the dust. They that go down to the dust. Let me tell you who they are. They're the poor folks. They don't have a thing. They're the nobodies. So this verse is going to talk about the wealthy, and it's going to talk about the poor. It's going to talk about the higher echelon of society, and it's going to talk about the lowest rung of society. Let's see what it's going to say. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. They shall eat and Jesus talked about how hard it was to get a rich man saved. How unusually rich young ruler, he wouldn't have anything to do with Jesus or salvation. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day. It doesn't matter your income. It doesn't matter your level of education. Oh my, there's coming a day. Those that are wealthy, they're going to bow down and they're going to worship him. And the lowest of the low, they'll bow down before him and they'll love him and they'll adore him too. Paul tried that at Corinth. Corinth, and there were some wealthy people in the church, and then there was a bunch of slaves in the church. So they had the Lord's Supper. Didn't work out so well. The rich, they'd push the poor aside. They'd ignore the poor. They'd bring the better food. And, and uh, you can read about it in 1 Corinthians, and the poor folks said, well, there's going to be another Lord's Supper one of these days. And the governor is going to preside at that Lord's Supper. And at that Lord's Supper, the rich aren't going to uproot the poor. The poor aren't going to pity the rich out of the... We're going to sit down together, red and yellow, black and white. We're all precious in His sight. The, the ground at Calvary's level ground. Hallelujah to God. Mm. Rich and poor gathering together around the darling son of God. Preacher, I believe this is going to happen with every fiber of my being. Another diversion, quick. Preacher, what am I going to do during this millennial reign? And I don't know I can answer that specifically, but I'll tell you this, we're going to be with our Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Bible, you can't prove that. I can. At the rapture, Paul said, we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord to meet the Lord in the air. Listen to this. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'll never leave his side after the rapture takes place. You say, what about riding that white horse out of the I'm riding with him. And, and, and what about whooping the Antichrist? I sort of hope the Lord will let me. Give him a kick right where it ought to go. That old Antichrist. And I've told Deb many a time, I said, if the Lord needs any help, throw in the devil. I'll be a glad to volunteer. I'd love to get it. But I do know this. We're going to get to serve with him in some way during the millennial kingdom. He's got a parable or two talking about that. I don't mean this in jest, I'm serious. If we get to volunteer for jobs during the millennium, I know what I'm going to ask for. I'm going to ask the Lord to let me run CNN. <laughs> going to. I'm going to turn it into an all preaching network. We're going to sing about the Lord. We're going to preach about the Lord. We're going to have us some Bible classes. Amen, amen, amen. I don't know what I'll get to do, but I'm putting in for it anyway. The rich and the poor gathering around our Savior, loving Him, worshiping, and serving Him. Oh, that last line, and none can keep alive his own soul. Let me tell you what I get out of that. I think that line saying, if you're going to get life, if you're going to get saved, you're going to get it from Jesus. It's the only way. 
Peter was right. None other name under heaven given among men. Jesus is right. No man can come to the Father but by me. Boy, I'm glad. I'm glad I found life one day. Go with me to verse 30. A seed shall serve him. What in the world? Uh, the, word, the verb serve is A-B-A-D, abod, preacher, five times. It means worship, serve, labor, work, but it also means five times in our King James, Old Testament, means to worship. A seed shall serve him. Now, we've got to figure out what a seed is, and we're not going to take long to do it. A seed, in this context, hear me, children, youngins, boys and girls. Somebody nod at me, if you will. If you don't, I'll talk 30 minutes trying to explain that, thinking you're, you're not getting it. I said seed or children. Wait a minute. Preacher, you've told me the Lord is about to die. He is. You told me he's going to bite his head and give up the ghost. He is. You told me they're going to bury him. He is. And yet, I just read that the darling Son of God's going to have seed. Isaiah 53 says he shall see his seed. Dead men can't produce children. Impossible. They're fixing to bury him. But dead men can't have children. Is that not a hint? Is that not an indication? Is that not a flat out guarantee? He's coming out of that grave. He's coming up from the grave. He's coming up alive. And he's going to, he's going, my, he's the one got me saved. How about y'all? Hallelujah. Seed. Seed. A seed. He's going to be raised up, me preacher. I was thinking tonight, well, partly while the choir was singing and then others. Crossroads Baptist Church is very unusual. And let me tell you how I'm thinking. Week after week, Deb and I are in church every week. Week after week, I look at the choir, a lot of bald heads, a lot of white hair, a lot of walking sticks, no young people. I remember getting ready to preach the other night in a place that will remain unnamed. I counted two young people in the whole church. Oh my. There is a man named Sam Harris. He's an atheist. That's what he says he is. Somebody told me recently he converted to Buddhism. He's still an atheist. And uh, he wrote a book called The End of Faith. Let me tell you what he says. He says, give it 50 years and the church in America will be dead. It'll be, he says, we're losing our young people. He said, the young folks, are to, and in many instances, they're going to the university. They're believing the evolution lie. They're believing the philosophy classes instead of the old man of God in the pulpit and they're turning away by the droves. But uh, let me tell you something about Jesus. He knows how to get the young people too. A seed, a generation of young people going to get born again. You say, how in the world is that going to happen? I answer that by grace, through faith, in the shed blood of the Lord. That's the only way you can get saved. A seed shall serve him. It's going to be a magnanimous, it's going to be a magnificent revival and young people are going to get in. Y'all have got some kind of secret here, some, some kind of key. Might be the school, might be a pastor that pours his heart. I, I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you this. This is unusual around here, very unusual around here, but it won't be unusual over yonder. Hallelujah. A seed shall serve him, and it shall be accounted to the Lord, watch this, for a generation. 
for a generation. Now, that means at least this. The seed and several commentators that I read said that's not just any seed. That's the seed you saved out to plant next year. That's the best of the seed. Hey, y'all, write this down. D.L. Moody said it once. He said, I not only count my converts, I weigh them also. I not only count my converts, I weigh them also. 3,000 saved at Pentecost, that's wonderful. But, but when Paul got saved, when Saul of Tarsus got saved, that boy, that's a pretty hefty catch. That one weighed a lot on the spiritual scale. Y'all see what I'm saying? He said, I don't just count them. I weigh the converts God gives me. A seed shall serve him. They don't quit. They don't get, oh my. Young people today, no matter what the mega churches say, young people today are not ultimately looking for entertainment. Young people today are looking for something real. They're looking for something with substance. Preacher, they're looking for something that's got the power of an almighty God upon it. Could I hear some young people saying amen? amen. Yes, that's what we want. This seed's gonna stick going to become a gen- they're going to grow up they're going to have young ones they're going to grow up they're going to have young ones and they're going to keep on serving keep on loving an almighty God boy don't you want to finish strong don't you want to end up right hallelujah there's more seed shall serve him it'll be counted unto them for a generation they shall come oh boy I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to elaborate. I'm already 42 minutes into the sermon. I don't know where time goes. But uh, they shall come. They shall come. On a normal revival night, I've got a good crowd, so I'm not referencing. On a normal revival night in the average church, Well, I'm not sure the average church has revivals anymore. But on a normal revival night, half the pews will be empty. You just look at, one preacher called it the Wood family. He said, I sure am glad the Wood family showed up tonight. All I got a bunch of wood around. They didn't come. Where are they? Would you just rejoice with me real quick? I'm glad when the Lord sets up office. I'm glad when he becomes the governor. I'm glad when he comes. I'm glad they're going to come. Hallelujah. They shall come. There's a magnetism about him. There's a drawing power about him. There's a loveliness about him. And there, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men. I'll draw all men unto me, said our Savior. They shall come and they shall declare his righteousness. Oh, oh, whoa. Is that word declare? It's another one of them preaching verbs. Now watch this. The seed that got saved, them young people got saved. God's done called some of them to preach. And they're going to start declaring the name of the Lord. Aren't you glad somebody told me the other day, said there aren't any young preachers left. Said all of us old, old preachers. I'm going to tell you something. There are some young preachers left. Thank God there's some young preachers left. There's some young preachers on fire for God. Hey, this thing ain't over yet and we are on the winning side, ladies and gentlemen. Glory to his name. They shall declare. <laughs> These young people, they're preaching the word of God. They shall declare his righteousness. What else is he going to preach? His righteousness. He's a good man. That won't do it. He was a philosopher. That won't do it. He's a philanthropist. You've got to tell him about his righteousness. Tell him what it did on the cross. Tell him the power of the blood of the Lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ. They shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. Wait a minute. Shall be born. I mean, it's pretty good. They hadn't even got here yet. They hadn't even been born yet. And God's got him some preachers ready. God's got him some seed ready. And God's ready to come at them with the word of God. I got some good news. 
Sam Harris is wrong. 50 years from now, the church is still going to be going. 100 years from now, you say, preacher, don't go too far for a millennium, for a thousand glorious years. As I understand it, in the millennium, there will be some natural life going on. And uh, that's more than we got time to get. Preacher, they're going to be children born. They're going to be uh, mamas and daddies having children during the millennium. We won't. We got glorified bodies, but that's going to be ha- <laughs> they're going to get born. They're going to hear the gospel. They're going to get saved. I want to go through that cycle again. They're going to be born. They're going to hear the gospel, and they're going to get saved. Heaven. Was in a camp meeting in North Carolina. I probably shouldn't even said that. Preached in the mornings. They got me preaching at night right now. They shift me back for preach one morning. God began to bless his word, and I told them how I got saved. God saved me as a six-year-old lad in the Sunday school class. And I'd love to tell you the story, but 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 time might be prohibitive. Gave my testimony. God saved me at six years old. And I'll declare if the preacher after me did not come in that pulpit and said, you can't get saved as a six-year-old lad. He said, you don't know enough. You're not grounded enough. You don't have enough of the fundamentals of faith to get saved as a six-year-old lad. I want to make an announcement. I was there when it happened. I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. I did get saved as a six-year-old lad. I asked Jesus in my heart. I asked him to wash my sins away. Young people can get born again. Young people can get saved. I'm glad I'm part of the family of God. One more line. You know it by now. We've talked about it every service. What they're going to say, what they're going to preach, that he hath done this. He hath done this. Preacher, honestly, that's all we've got to preach. Let me summarize all the religions of the world. I can do it in three words. All the religions of the world do do, do. Do this, do that, you might get in. Do, do, do. All the religions of the world. Now let me summarize Jesus. Let me summarize the Christian faith. Done, done, done. Hey, there's a big difference between do, do, do and done, done, done. I got some good news tonight. It's finished. It's done. Price has been paid. He'll never shed another drop of blood. They'll never nail him to the cross again. Hallelujah. What a Savior we got tonight. Just preach, it's finished. Just preach, the blood's been shed. Just preach, the gift of God is eternal life to our Lord Jesus Christ. That verse in Hebrews 12, 2, as our Lord is dying, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that was set before I wouldn't be surprised. We have looked at part of that joy. As he's breathing out his last few breaths, he thinks, oh, there's a crowd going to get in. They're going to be saved for hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> and then there's going to be the tribulation. We're going to save them out of the tribulation. And there's going to be the millennium. And they're going to flow from quarter of the earth. Every nation's going to come. Going to get out and even read the verses I meant to. Going to get out on their knees. They're going to acknowledge he's the Lord of the... If I were here tonight and I were not saved... I believe I'd get ahead of the curve. I believe I'd just go ahead and get on my knees and ask Jesus to save my soul from a devil's hell. That's what Uncle Oliver used to say. He said, you'll either bow your knees and confess with your mouth that he's the Lord on this side of the grave 
That's your choice on this side of the grave. Or God Almighty will bow your knee and coerce it out of you. You'll confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord on the other side of the grave. But if you do it on this side, you're going to heaven. If you're forced to do it on that side, you're going to hell. Eternal perdition. Y'all glad you're saved? Anybody glad you know Jesus tonight? Anybody glad it's done? It is finished. Hallelujah. I have so enjoyed sharing Psalm 22 with some eager, hungry students of the Word of God. Can I commend you? You've listened well all week. Um, We're losing our ability to be attentive in America. We are becoming a video society. I'm going to see it. But I don't have a verse that says faith comes by seeing and seeing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And and you've listened well. You've heard well. I hope tonight we leave knowing Him a little better, loving Him a little more, thanking Him a little more sincerely for what He has done for us. Hallelujah. Let's stand with our heads bowed, with our eyes closed this evening. Brother Bagwell counts it an honor to have stood in this pulpit, in any pulpit, telling folks about Jesus. Hey, hey, I've got an idea. I don't know if you want to do it. Don't, don't play just yet, Miss Brittany. And I know somebody's thinking, what did that nut do? I feel it coming on again. I haven't done this in years, preacher. What is it? Kiss the sun. Kiss the sun. Proskuneo. I'd climb right up him and hug him tonight if I could. I'll get to do that sign. But right, hey, y'all want to join me? Let's blow him a kiss. I like it. Let's do it again. Ha! Make it a juicy, noisy one this time. Y'all ready? Somebody go by and think we're nuts. They'd say, that is a crazy crowd. In there. Oh, my. <laughs> Uncle Oliver said, somebody told him, he said, you're cracked. He said, praise God, I'm glad I'm cracked. That's where the light got in. <laughs> That's where the light got in. Glory to God. I love him. I want you to love him, too. Play, Miss Brittany. If you want to come, thank him. If you want to come, love him a minute. Now's the time. Help yourself. Do what God would have you to do this. Might be something not right between you and God. Come deal with it. Come deal with it. Might be some sin you need to confess. He said he'll forgive you. He'll forgive you if you will. Somebody around here just said what a Savior. Could Brother Bagel say amen? Amen.